Welcome to the Vince Del Monte Podcast Show, where each week we bring you the raw and real experiences, lessons, and timeless principles every man needs to master the five M's of manhood. By sharing conversations with the world's most successful people pursuing the five M's, you'll build muscle faster, achieve a winner's mindset, increase your money, dominate your mission, and go the distance with your marriage. My name is Vince Del Monte, entrepreneur, author, pro fitness model, and father. And I've helped tens of thousands of men transform their bodies and lives through muscle, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. We are back here with the Vince Del Monte podcast. Corby Waters, great to see you here today. If this is your first time here, this is a podcast dedicated to helping you maximize five M's of manhood, muscle, mindset, money, mission, and marriage. But today we're going to zone in on money and we are going to talk about the final three deadly sins that we never covered in part one. And uh, part two, we are going to talk about gluttony. We're going to talk about sloth, envy, We're going to talk about how those sins can destruct, destroy, kill, steal, and destroy your business, if you will. We're using biblical terms here. So uh, just a quick recap. Sin simply means missing the mark. It means that uh, you've got a target and you're not hitting the target. So I I really like this because it uh, really speaks to everybody's desire to improve and to change. I don't think there's anybody listening to a podcast that doesn't want to change at what level that's uh, another story, but I believe everybody listening here wants to change. So first of all, I want to thank you for tuning in today. Corbs, you got to tell us about your trip to Aruba. You got a bit of a tan. Yeah, a little bit. I'm so excited, man. Two shades darker. That was the goal. (laughs) Two shades darker. That was the goal. Two shades darker. Yeah. So what was the highlight for you? The highlight actually was doing nothing or having no structure for the week. That was the best part. Usually when I go on vacation, everything is structured. And just allow, wake up and then just say, hey, what are we going to do today? That was, that was the most fun for me because usually when I go on vacation, everything is regimented. So it's almost like being at work, but you're on a vacation. Day one, you're doing this. Day two, you're doing this. Day, you've probably been on one of those vacations before. Every day is almost structured. Like after the vacation, you need a vacation. So this one, I felt like I actually had a vacation. That's awesome. So yeah, you sound uh, like you came back recharged. You're ready to go. You came back. We had a, we're back in growth mode. Coaching program is growing uh, quickly again. It's always growing. There's different levels of speed, right? So I'm transparent about that. And uh, we need you here. So good to have you back. And we're going to finish off with these deadly sins here. So these have been getting a lot of positive feedback. Let's just kick it off with which one's the easiest one to hit? Gluttony, sloth, or envy? Where do you want to start? I think gluttony is the easiest. Yeah, you're coming off of Aruba, yeah. So we can even maybe tie in some, not for you, just when you go typically on a vacation, you consume. What is gluttony? No, for those who don't know, glutton is somebody who eats an excessive amount of non-nutrient-dense calories. Essentially, they're stuffing themselves without any nutrients. So they're not, it's like microwave food. It's like fast food, right? They got to eat a lot of it because it gives them a quick hit, but it's not satisfying, it's a quick hit. You need another hit and another hit. What do you think when you think gluttony? Ironically, I can talk about my vacation when I went to the farm with the ostriches. It's interesting that they have to separate the ostriches and only give them like two to two and a half pounds of food a day because their small brain doesn't have a mechanism in it to tell them to stop eating. So they will literally eat themselves to death. Huh. They won't stop. They just keep eating because it's food there. 
So no matter how much you feed them, they will never stop eating. When you look at people who are gluttonous, they just keep consuming information and more information. And more is good in doses, but a lot of people focus on just in case learning, where with seven figure huh. math, we focus just in time learning. So when you need it, then we teach you. So it's it's no point of learning a triangle chokehold if you never plan on being in a, in a jujitsu match. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. If yeah, you, yeah. Do, you know, somebody breaks in my house, I got to have this mastered. That's hilarious. So I looked up gluttony. It's a bitch greed or excess in eating. It's similar to overconsumption, binge eating. And the first question we do need to address is why is this a sin? So what it means is overindulgent, overindulgent, overconsuming. So there's nothing wrong with indulgence. There's nothing wrong with consumption, but it's when you overindulge, you overconsume. And you're over-consuming in not just food or drink, but it could even be wealth items. It could be status symbols. And this is a sin because this is something that you're, you're taking to an extent that it doesn't serve any additional purpose. Does that make sense? Once you hit your daily needs, like more isn't better. So I'll, I'll give you an example, Corby. When you want to build muscle, you need to be in a slight caloric surplus. That's good. But you don't need to be in a severe caloric surplus. Like you don't gain muscle faster by consuming 5,000 calories when all your body needs is 4,000 calories. So I think there's that, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm going to just go 6,000 calories and grow. No. Your body can only manufacture so much muscle at once. So it's that, again, like you said, just in time, not just in case. So it's dialing in those nutrients to exactly what's appropriate, what you can actually consume, absorb, you know, digest, assimilate, and get something from it. So the goal is not to be a consumer. Actually, I just give you one more thought, Corby. I did, I'm reading, oh, which book is it? Was it from Becoming a King? Yeah, from Morgan Snyder, Becoming a King. And one of the things that he challenges men to do is there's two trains of thought. And I feel guilty here sitting here with hundreds of books in my background. And I think there's obviously a lot of value to reading books, but he just asked the question, what's more valuable to read hundreds of books once or to be a student of, two or three books and to go to go really deep on two to three books because if you go real if, if you just take three books off your bookshelf and you go so, i see your books back there yeah your shelf's a little smaller than mine are you saying that you're absorbing more mm-hmm. so <laughs> i've been reading those two these four books here for the last 25 years huh and i think there's something to that i'm like this book becoming a king it's so rich if i just lived off this one book all year and I think, again, yeah, it challenges the whole notion of consuming. Oh, I read one book a week. I read one book. You can get caught up in that. Oh, I read I read one book a day. I'm like, I'm not saying that's bad. And everybody knows I love books. But this just forced me to think, like, why am I reading so many books? Why? Is the purpose to read books or is the purpose to understand something, assimilate it, and start to live it out? So this book, Becoming a King, I, this could literally be my book for the entire year. If I actually got to the point where I was living out even like 10% of every chapter, my life would be truly transformed. So do I need to rush to the next book? So that's, I think, a good thing to think about gluttony, gluttons. Do you really need another course? 
Do you really need a third, another course and another course? Have we absorbed this stuff to a point where you're seeing transformation from it? The easiest way to think about it is something that's topical, actually. The guy that just won his third national championship for wrestling. And what was he known for? Double A takedown. Now, he had a whole uh, additional arsenal of moves, Vince, but if you wrestled him, they said, you got to watch for the double A takedown. It was fascinating watching him while I was on vacation. Everybody got hit with the double A takedown. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me get this right. He's going to do this one move. You know that. And then everybody still got taken down with the same move. That's so awesome. That's because, know why? He didn't need a whole catalog of moves. He needed the one move that he knew would work. So, like in our program, we got the one play way. We teach people how to do one move really good and then build on it from there. You can have a lot of other tricks in your bag, but if you got this one centralized way of doing things and not just trying to do everything, you don't become an every man's person. You become a specific type of person. So that prevents you from gluttony by default. By getting mad. I love that. It's so. By mastering that one way makes all the difference. Mastering that one way. Yeah. Yeah. Maximize. I like it. That's so good. Maximize before moving on to something else to avoid being a glutton. That's so good. Let's talk about our, our next one, sloth. And then we'll wrap up with envy here. So sloth. What, when you think of sloth, it's not really a term tossed around very often. So the meaning of sloth is reluctance to work or make an effort. So in short terms, it's uh, laziness, idleness, indolence, inactivity. All right. So it's complacency, right? So let's first of all, like, why is sloth a sin? And sloth's been defined as a failure to do things that one should do though the understanding of the sin is antiquity, sorry, though the understanding of the sin in antiquity was that the laziness or lack of work was simply a symptom of the voice of the vice of apathy or indifference, particular in apathy or boredom with God. So this is in context to essentially indifference. These are like big words, apathy, probably a disease that our entire culture is suffering from. And it's just like, eh, Eh, no big deal. Eh, it's whatever. We'll see what happens. How's life? Same old. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, I know I'm supposed to do that. It's just really not caring about what kind of man you want to be at the end of the day. Yeah. I Well, I hate to say it, Vince, but <laughs> indifference is the crucible where dreams die. Huh. That's what it comes down to. That's where your dreams go to die. Because you got to have a certain amount of fight to get to your dreams. And if you indifference, it kills everything. So I always tell people, what's the opposite of love? People say hate. I said, that's not true. Because love is about passion and hate is about passion. One's just positive and one's just negative. The opposite of love, I always say, if somebody hates you, you're still in the game. And mm-hmm. you, you got a chance to win them back if they hate you. But yeah. the opposite, but if, if they get to a point where they're indifferent, then you're done. I like that. So we need some habits. I think this one, we need to give specific action items. So how do you overcome sloth? How do you overcome laziness? A few things come to mind. One, it's making sure your goals are manageable. We say setting uh, stretch goals that don't snap you. All right. We don't want safe goals. 
but we definitely want stretch goals, but not so big that they're so unrealistic that they snap you and they lead to burnout. So that's a big one. All right. Another one is something we teach in the seven figure mastermind is having bigger expectations in the long term, smaller expectations in the short term. And the more we can manage your expectations in the short term and help you to avoid trying to be perfect and getting everything just right, but get you into action, we can then push you to set bigger expectations in the long term. Another big one is uh, I think helping people overcome laziness is just to help them reframe negatives as positives. Because I think people can tend to get lazy when things aren't going well and they start to see, yeah, this isn't really worth it. Things aren't going as fast. And then this comes into having a very clear action plan where they're not biting off too much. They're not biting off more that they can chew. So there's a lot of ways to overcome uh, laziness. I think the best one though is to ask for help to be in a coaching program like ours where you're going to be surrounded by people who are hitting the gas and you're going to be forced to push yourself and you're not going to be the one guy who's the tire kicker dragging along just trucking along at his own sweet pace you're going to get pushed so you'll also be forced to ask for help to find out what the heck are they doing that i'm not doing yeah. and i think all these things will add up to not falling guilty of this uh, sin called sloth yeah, think about it this way. At some point, the Amazon River was a stream, but through consistent and persistent action over millions of years, look what it turned into. Mm, so it doesn't have to good. be big. It just needs to be consistent and persistent. I like that. Yeah, so a lot of ways to overcome sloth. And I think the last thing i just quickly say on sloth is people just give up way too easily these days. And I think people hit their first roadblock in all areas of life and they just quickly throw up their arms, not realizing that the opposition is the opportunity. Is it? Yeah, he's something else. He says it a different way, but absolutely. It's the same thing. The troubles are trainings, right? These are opportunities, right? These are blessings, right? You're looking at everything from a positive, not a negative, just forcing your brain to reframe. The most successful people I know have an ability to reframe their circumstances and to see it from a different angle that serves them. And most people say, oh, this is too hard. I knew it. So we could talk about that more, but I think that's really sufficient. Let's talk about envy. Man, oh man, it's a tough one. Envy is essentially jealousy on steroids. What is envy? From my understanding, envy is when it's not like you want what they have, but you don't even want what that person has. And it's a feeling of disconnected sorry, discontented or resentful, aroused by someone else's possessions, their qualities, and even maybe their luck, right? You're like, ah, oh, freaking your friend wins the lottery and man, you are mad. Like, why are you mad? That's, you're aroused, you're getting like overly aroused and it's a desire to have a quality possession or other person's attributes and other person's belongings, despite maybe not, earning them or even if they didn't earn them it's begrudging it's holding something against them and it's god blesses somebody else and you're mad who are you to say who god blesses that's up to him right i it's not my i don't know how much these top football players make over 100 million dollars a year for toss football who am i to judge like throwing a football isn't worth 100 million dollars 
I don't know why God's blessing professional athletes at like what I would consider ludicrous amounts of money every year to play a sport. I, but that's not that's God's job to decide who he blesses and how he blesses and all that. Yeah. So I think that's where envy can start to creep in. We start to have a we start to decide who deserves what. And no, you don't deserve that. Says who? How do you know? You don't know anything about that person's story and what they're actually doing with the money and their impact and their talents. So I think that's where it becomes dangerous because you don't have the full story of why somebody is where they're at. I agree. I always say favor ain't fair because, you know, I always say one day of favor can equal a thousand days of labor. Because think about it. Joseph was in, in prison on Friday. He was second to the king on Monday. Like, now that's a real promotion. That's a lot of steps. So, right. but in, in life, here's we want that same thing. So, man, Vince is he's at six percent body fat. I want to be like that next month. No, that's not going to happen. Vince is he's got a really strict. You know, I don't want to wake up at five in the morning and do the hour and a half workouts. I don't want to eat. I don't want to do the running. I don't want to do it. But I don't want Vince to be in that shape. And I don't want to do it either. But I still want the results. That's what's starting to happen right. because we live in this, we live in the Instagram age and Joe Rogan said it best. I think he said, Instagram is a curated experience of the best moments in somebody's life. And we're competing against the curated best experiences of someone's life. He hmm. said, here's the key word in that whole thing curated. So even the best experience in somebody's life is not the best experience. They even have to curate that to make it even better. So we're not, even, <laughs> you know, we're not even getting a realistic. We're not seeing these people when they're miserable. You know, yeah. we're, like not, we're not looking at the seven hours it took them to make that thirty-second video. We don't see any of that. It's curated down to that beautiful, glamorous thing, and we're saying we want that result. No, it's so much work that goes into that. We don't appreciate the work, so we yeah. don't understand the work. I like that. That's really good. I think so. Let's give them a simple action item on this one. I think when you are sensing this, I think it's a very natural tendency. We have to either one, you can envy when you see somebody far more successful, or at least they perceive to be successful. That's the thing, right? Because you don't know what's really going on underneath the hood. So mm -hmm. I always, have, right? You, you, what, like you said, you're getting a curated experience. So. I would prefer to, again, let's go back to reframing. I would prefer to admire versus envy. So I've got a friend who one of his offers now does over $100 million a year. He's a guy that I coached. We went to the same high school together. Same high school together. Parents live about five minutes away from each other. Took me out for dinner after I came back from my European vacation. After I got married, said, I want to do what you do, presented this idea, grabbed the bull by the horns. Now this guy just produces just an insane amount of wealth. I could be envious or I could admire and look at what did he do? What could I learn from that? He learned paid traffic and that's all he does. He doesn't have an Instagram account. He doesn't have a Facebook account. He's never been on those platforms. Now he spends over six million dollars a month on Facebook ads. He doesn't have his own personal Facebook account though. So I could be envious or I could say, wow, what has he figured out that I haven't figured out? Wow. He's learned paid traffic at a level 
that, and all he does is video sales letters. That's it. He doesn't have coaching programs. He has video sales letters. He sells eBooks still. Wow. So, so you're like, what can I learn from that? So I can start to reframe things in terms of what can I detect from that? And that's also gonna help me stay humble too in the process. I can start to say, hey man, wow. And I gave that guy something to run with. Look at the power in that. And I could say, man, I gotta be a part of that guy's success as opposed to being envious. I get to say, I get to share this story, inspire people today. I should be grateful about that. I shouldn't be envious about his success. And I don't know all the details of how he got there either. And I'm not, who am I to say? So that's all we wanna say, think I think today. I don't know if you have anything else you wanna share with the, with the listeners, Corby, but gluttony, sloth, envy, they're all sins and we're all guilty of them. They all are rooted into our you know, sinful nature, if you will. And we have to be aware of them, right? They don't have to own us and we don't have to allow these lies that they come a glutton. You just have to break those agreements and start making new decisions and to not let those lies own who you are because really these things can really take away from your mission. So just realize that this, these things are normal. That's what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say here is that it's actually normal it's ordinary to be struggling with these sins, but it doesn't mean they need to become your norm. I'll just quote Oprah Winfrey to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> it said, um, I remember when she lost a lot of weight when she was getting ready for the marathon. And she said something, because a lot of people started writing in, if I had trainers and if I had people to do my meal prep and I had people to, I'd be in the great shape that she would. So her response to her critics was, and I quote, yeah, why would you be mad that I can afford trainers? I could afford this. But the last time I checked, none of those trainers did any of the sit-ups on my behalf. None of those trainers ran any of the miles on my behalf. None of those trainers put any of that food in my mouth. I had to do all of those things on my own to get cheap. So in spite of me getting the best guidance, which I'm actually sharing with my viewers on my show, so you're getting the access to these same guys. Bob comes on every Tuesday. This person comes on every Wednesday. This person comes on every Thursday and give you the same information they give me. So I'm, I don't have access to anything you don't have. So if you're not doing the push-ups, if you're not running the laps, if you're not running the miles, if you're not putting in the work, why do you think you should get the results that I have? Mm -hmm. I earned every ounce of these results to get in shape to run this marathon. I did it. I got help. I got guidance. I got wisdom. I got training. But I did it. That's and good. People don't do that anymore. They want to get the wisdom, the goddess, and hang on the couch and do one of these. Yeah. And then boom, I'm rich. Like, that's not how it works. You still got to exactly. put the work in. No kidding. Well, I th you still got to put the work in. Yeah, that's why they call it work. So, I love it. Hey, everyone, thanks so much for listening. This is the Vince Lamonti Podcast. And uh, Corby Waters here with me today, the head coach of the Seven Figure Mastermind. And we're dropping an event Thursday, Friday. If you're interested in joining us and learning how to go from zero to six figures, high six figures, or even seven figures, we are running a two-day virtual event. It starts Thursday and Friday, all day. Actually, not all day. It's 12 to 6 p.m. Thursday and Friday. And we're going to teach you how to generate leads, how to convert those leads. And we're going to teach you how to upgrade those leads. And the biggest takeaway from this event is we're going to be showing you the full-blown map from zero to seven figure mass, from zero to seven figures, visually something we've never shared before. 
and it will show you exactly what you need to focus on and it's going to be a really powerful event we've got loads of sales training as all of our events always sell out we're doing a, a no-brainer one-time price point for you to sit in and there's a link in the show notes if you want to grab a seat and uh, clear your schedule for Thursday and Friday we do these events every 60 days and we always teach the newest plays all right so likely in a, uh, maybe in a coaching program the question is are you following the newest and best information and that's what we promised at our event so if you'd like to join us snag yourself a ticket today you're probably listening to this on Wednesday and you're going to need to do this right away because the event starts on Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern, March 25th, March 26th. And uh, yes, you'll get access to the replays as well. And we're really grateful for uh, your support. And please share this podcast, drop it a five-star review if you haven't done that yet. And we will see you next time. And that's it for this episode. If you want to hang out with more serious online fitness coaches who are starting, growing, or scaling profitable online fitness businesses, then you're going to want to head on over to vincedelmonte.ca forward slash group, where I do a free weekly training on the smartest and easiest way to build a high ticket fitness empire in less time. This is my free Facebook group, and this is where all the deep dive amazing, instantly implementable advice gets dropped that you're not going to want to miss. And thank you for listening to the Vince Del Monte podcast. And if you're getting value from this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review over on iTunes. And if you'd like to get yourself three free samples of the world's only all-day energy pre-workout preload, leave a review on iTunes screenshot it and send it to my blue verified account on Instagram. All you got to do is go to at Vince Del Monte, send it on over. We'll get your address and we'll ship three free samples to your front door to give you all day energy. Just as a little token of my appreciation for supporting the show and getting the word out there. We'll see you next time.